Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Lift up your hands as I read the word of the Lord tonight. From Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk 3, verses 2 and 3, and verse 6. Hallelujah. I speak to us tonight, and I speak to American church on the value of a word. The value of a word. And that word, my friends, is revival. The value of a word. Somebody say revival. Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. I'm going to say that phrase again. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In our midst here, in our nation, in our families. In the midst of the years, Lord, make yourself known can we say that together make yourself known in wrath remember love pity and mercy and then verse 3 says this and I have condensed for the sake of time verse 3 says and God came That's really all we need is for God to come. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. He stood and he measured the earth. Now look at the result of God coming. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. He stood and he measured the earth. Look at this. He looked and he shook the nations. I don't know about you, but I believe that God is not only going to shake this nation, but he is beginning to shake the nations of the earth. And the eternal mountains were scattered and the perpetual hills bowed low. His ways are everlasting. And his goings are of old. Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Make yourself known in this revival. Make yourself known in the church in this nation and the nations of this earth. And the word of the Lord says, God came. God came. God came. I speak to you tonight on the value of a word. I'll let you go back to your seats. If you guys need to continue to minister to her, feel free to take her uh, to a place that's appropriate to minister. Can we put our hands together as you're finding your seat and thank the Lord for deliverance tonight? 
Hallelujah. Worship team, thank you. Go catch your breath and get ready for the altar at the end of this service. Hallelujah. The value of a word. Revival. I'm going to preach until I do not have a voice. Come on, somebody. I don't know how long it'll be, but maybe I have to whisper in the microphone. But this word will be preached tonight. Just one more time. Look at somebody saying, God came and God came. I would like to read a quote to you, and I will repeat this a couple of times throughout this message tonight as I talk to you on the value of a word. Hear this, American church, the value of a word. That word is revival. This is a quote from Arthur Wallace from his book, In the Day of Thy Power. He says, quote, revival is divine intervention in the normal course of spiritual things. It is God revealing himself to man in awful holiness and irresistible power. It is such a manifest working of God, he's talking about revival, that human personalities are overshadowed and human programs are abandoned. My husband has had this book for quite a number of years, I think now. This is the first time that I have picked it up and read it. I'm going to read the remainder of it when I get a moment. But this, the couple of quotes or so that I'm going to give you tonight have gripped me. They have gripped me. And I wanted to, to use this as the preface to talk about the value of a word, that word being revival. Zeroing in on a few things, not only from this quote, but something that the Lord has really been putting within me for quite some time now. I've been a little provoked. I know that doesn't surprise you. Come on, church. I said, I've been a little provoked. Help me, somebody. I've been a little irritated at some things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I'll get to that in a moment because I want to talk about the value of a word. The value of a word. And I would like to say that that word tonight is the word revival. And he says that revival is the divine intervention in the normal course of spiritual things. It is God revealing himself to man in awful holiness and irresistible power. It is such a manifest working of God that human personalities are overshadowed and human programs are abandoned. It is man retiring to the background because God has taken the field. It is the Lord making bare his holy arm and working in extraordinary power on the saint and the sinner. Come on. For six years here at Fresh Start Church, we have said that revival is the sustained presence and power of God that results in transformation. Tonight, this altar already in the number one altar call that we had. Come on, somebody. It was not me. It was not even those who laid hands on. It was the presence and the power of God that resulted in breaking witchcraft off of their life and off of their family members. Somebody know tonight, it is the presence and the power of God that results in transformation and reformation. Arthur Wallace goes on to say, the meaning of any word is determined by its usage. 
For a definition of revival, we must therefore appeal to the people of God of bygone years who use the word with consistency of meaning down through centuries until it began to be used in a lesser and more limited sense in modern times. Come on. May we never ever here at Fresh Start lower the bar of revival. May we never ever move the boundary stones of revival. May it always be because God came. Come on somebody. If you will allow me for just about two minutes, I want to revisit and remind us because he says here, we must appeal to the people of God of bygone years. I remind you that I'm talking about the value of a word and that word is revival. If I can remind us of John Alexander Dowie who had a healing revival, he received revelation of divine healing from Acts 10:38 and the power of God. God's healing and in 1888 he came to America and his ministry of divine healing rocketed a small congregation to thousands of believers virtually overnight and out of his ministry came great spiritual leaders such as F.F. Bosworth and John G. Lake and Gordon Lindsay I say it's all because God came can I remind us of a supernatural revival of Maria Woodworth Edder. Is anybody in the room? I'm talking about the value of a word. And that word that I'm talking about tonight is revival. She was called to preach, ladies in the room, at the age of 13. Come on, teenage girls. After a glorious vision from the Lord, she began. You just go ahead and try to silence the women. I say that in this seventh year of revival, the voices of the teenagers, the girls, the, the daughters of God are going to be begin to trumpet and what principalities couldn't be removed ah, are going to be shifted because the voices of the women of God are being unlocked for such a time as this. Take that all of you reformed theologists. Did I get that right? had to get that out of my system girl she was called to preach at age 13 she had a glorious vision from the Lord and she began ministry and revival began to sweep the country for 20 miles around history tells us that men and women were struck down or had wonderful visions supernatural visions I'm talking about the value of a word tonight and that word is revival on one occasion Maria Woodworth Edder she fell into a trance while she was preaching and she stood in one position for three days are you hearing me she stood in one position such as I am right now possibly for three days the power of God was so strong during that trance that non-stop miracles took place until she came back around three days later and she completed the sentence right where she left off I'm talking about the value of a word and that word is revival in one of her meetings a man walked in and started making fun of her and started slandering her and started making fun of the works of God and all of a sudden the power of God came upon him and he fell to the ground and he was paralyzed and he was helpless and he was stricken I say do it again God in the name of Jesus 
Her meetings were so popular that the New York Times carried articles of her that led to many professional people as doctors and lawyers that were converted and given their life to Jesus Christ. This one woman and the revival that, wor that worked through her and those around her set the stage for the Pentecostal revivals that were on the horizons. I ask us tonight, what could we be setting the stage for in this revival here in this seventh year? I say I'm talking about the value of a word and that word is called revival. Somebody shout revival. Then there's a revival of, re of prayer and reformation. Evan Roberts in 1904 in Wales, United Kingdom, who saw more than 100,000 people converted, converted to Jesus Christ in less than six months. The Spirit of God swept over that land that so much so that churches were so crowded that people were unable to get into the doors. My God, we in the 21st century have to beg people to come to church. Preachers have resulted to Disneyland Church, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and Donald Duck and Daisy Duck to get people to come to church. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be your cartoon character. I'm telling you, it is God. When God came, when God came, I refuse to lower myself to a cartoon character and turn cartwheels to get you to come to church. My God, let the supernatural break out. I'm talking about the value of the word revival. Meetings would last from 10 a.m. to midnight. Some of y'all already looked at your watch. All right. They had three services daily. Y'all barely made it tonight. Come on. My God. You hear me, Fresh Start? The day may be coming when it's not only revival weekends and Sunday morning and gap. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when God comes in, when God comes in, when God comes in, when God comes in, He dictates the schedule. He dictates the. This is the year of God taking the platform, God taking the microphone, God taking the Fresh Start revival agenda. Come on. There was a moral revolution in Wales that accompanied this move of God that shut down bars, taverns, brothels, and anything else that was not of God, just like in Acts chapter 4, verse 21. In 1901, here in America, in Topeka, Kansas, Charles Parham and William Seymour, in, in Charles Parham's Bible school, his students were gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit. The glory was falling so strong that a halo formed on a girl's head as she spoke in Chinese for three days. <clears throat> I'm talking about the value of a word. Revival. She couldn't speak anything else. And she even wrote Chinese. Hand wrote Chinese. Healing accompanied this great outpouring of the Spirit. William Seymour was sitting under these teachings of Charles Parham. He moved to Los Angeles, California, apostle. It happened suddenly in 1906 as their hunger was fulfilled in the greatest modern day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. At first at Bonnie Bray Street and then 312 Azusa Street, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Every imaginable need was met. God's healing power was prevalent. All races flocked to be in the presence of God. The glory of God was so strong. There was a mist of the glory of God that would be hovering, I believe, on the floor. They would, little children would play in the mist of the glory. Come on. Little children would play in the mist of the glory. Fire a department was called. I know you've heard these stories before, but I'm trying to talk about the value of a word and that word is called revival 
They called the fire department on 312 Azusa Street because the neighbors were just certain that the building was on fire, but it wasn't a natural fire. It was a spiritual fire. And history tells us that every time that they called, they saw fire on the outside of the building. That's when miracles were breaking out on the inside of the building. Come on, somebody. People from all races, all, all ethnicities, all, all social uh, 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 statuses would come to this very modest facility to see the thing that God was doing. This revival in Los Angeles, California was, was, was all over the newspapers, all over the newspapers. They would mock them. They would ridicule them. Get ready, fresh start. Get ready, revival in America. Get ready to be mocked. We got to have a church with some backbone. You can't be so mealy mouthed. You can't get your feelings hurt. Every time somebody talks about you, every time somebody writes something about you, you better get yourself a backbone. And because God is getting ready to take center stage. And when God takes center stage, he takes over. He takes control. And you and I get out of control. So the media is going to be here mocking and making fun. But God is going to arrest this nation with his glory because we're going to understand the value of a word called revival. For three years, day and night, God's miracle power didn't stop. They met three times a day, seven days a week. Some meetings just kept going. They didn't have a beginning or an end. The atmosphere, history tells us, was unbearable to the carnal person. Come on, somebody. Unbelievers fell to the floor in repentance. Watch. There was no sermons that were announced ahead of time. My God, I am going to say that again. Because we live in a church culture today that tries to tell us. I mean, we don't listen, but they tell people. You need to plan your sermons out six months ahead. William Seymour would often sit on a crate with his head inside and he would pray. He wouldn't parade on the platform with the spotlight on him. With his stack of books to sell. And his website and his Facebook, Instagram, uh, blah, 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 on the screen. No, no. I just said a thing right there. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know, but you trust me. It's out there. It's out there. And no, no, he didn't come and do that. He came up. He put his head in a crate talking about the value of a word and that word is revival history says that there was no human leader that was depended on exclusively at Azusa Street there were many prideful self-appointed preachers who wanted to come and make a mark on the revival and they only found themselves on the floor repenting From this one revival apostle in Los Angeles, California, your place, the foundation of Pentecostal movement and millions of people have been saved and baptized and still are being because there were a small group of people that were not satisfied. They had a hunger that said, God, we need you to come and take the field. 
I'll close it up and then finish my message. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm anywhere near through, but. In the 1920s, John G. Lake also released Healing Homes, ministered to healing 100,000 people. Three of them was his sisters with cancer and issue of blood and a brother with a life-threatening illness that God healed them. God healed them. Then there's Smith Wigglesworth of revivals of miracles and deliverance. He was 50 years old. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on those of y'all who were just that. His, his wife experienced powerful, undeniable healings of cancer and other illnesses. Uh, Wigglesworth was quite animated. He would punch people in the stomach when he prayed for them. And then when they asked him why, he said, I'm not punching people, I'm punching devils. So I don't encourage you to try that unless you have his anointing and his faith. You might get punched back. But people got healed because he punched the devil. I'm talking about the value of a word tonight, and that word is revival. His, he raised his wife from the dead. She was on her deathbed dying after one of her speaking engagements. History tells us she was quite the preacher, traveled extensively, and she passed away. And he raised her from the dead. Yeah, and she opened her eyes, and she looked at him, and she said, Smith, what have you done? How many know when you taste glory, you don't even want to come back to Smith Wigglesworth? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm talking about the value of a word, and that word is revival. He raised 14 people from the dead. Nothing was too great for his faith. Headaches and cancers were all the same to him. He was the mentor of the modern day who has now passed away, Lester Summerall. Then we have Amy Simple McPherson, also apostle in your city, who erected a 5,300-seat church in 1921 called Angelus Temple. She was the founder, uh, uh, is the founder, was the founder of the four-square uh, denomination. Uh, it is said that that temple was filled five times a week in that era. The healings occurred. They were numerous. The walls of the temple became lined with crutches, wheelchairs, every conceivable apparatus uh, uh, of, of, of crippled people uh, with uh, 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 you know things where they couldn't walk or move were healed under her ministry. There were riots from the amount of people trying to get inside the church. She captured the attention of the national media with miracles, signs, and wonders. She was a great evangelist, not only just in the Los Angeles area, but all up and down the West Coast and from coast to coast in this nation I'm telling you God was doing mighty mighty miracles revival was breaking out not only in Los Angeles but it was spreading all across this nation a gospel campaign a gospel she was fearless she would get out there and just preach just anywhere come on somebody I'm talking about the value of a word and this word is revival and this is my last one at least for right now Hebrides revival in 1940 took place by two praying women in their 80s in Scotland who had such an this revival had such an impact the power of God came down on that region so much so that the police station was mobbed by criminals because they were coming to turn themselves in due to their convicted conferences can I say that revival come on somebody when God comes in God changes entire atmospheres entire cities there's Catherine Kuhlman there's Jack Coe there's A.A. Allen there's Oral Roberts there's John Kilpatrick and Steve Hill and my oh God 
There is Fresh Start Church that is getting ready to enter in to the seventh year. When God comes in, everything changes. So I have to say for a few moments that we must remember the value of a word, and that word is revival. Because the value of a word comes from the meaning and the purpose behind it, which is why I took these last few moments to talk about revivals of past. One primary way to dilute the value of a word is to overuse it and to misuse it. Something depreciates when it loses value. It lowers in esteem. I have come to notice the extreme and the frequent use of the word revival in the church, especially since we have exited out of 2020. Now, this in and of itself doesn't concern me as long as what is attached to it is actually revival. You know, Jesus and, and Paul, I believe, both said, you know, don't hinder them if they're preaching with us. Come on. Am I, I'm paraphrasing there. Don't hinder. But here's the thing. When it comes to revival, there is a definitive marking that must accompany. There is a definitive sacrifice that must accompany. May we never lower the bar and may we never move the boundary stone. I'm talking about the value of a word. Can you help me preach for the next few moments? What has concerned me as it has appeared is an obvious attempt to tack the word revival onto something that is inferior to the actual value of the word. Please note, and, 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 and please note, nudge your neighbor and say, please listen to what she's saying right now. Those of you watching online, don't tune out. I may have already made you mad, but wait about what I'm ready to say here before you actually, you know, log off. I don't want to give the impression that I'm trying to demean or diminish anyone's personal or corporate pursuit. I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket on anyone's spiritual efforts, and I'm especially not wanting to give the perception that Fresh Start church has the corner on the definition of revival but I know what I perceive in the spirit and I know what I see in the natural I say to the American church we must not lower the bar or move the boundary stone when it comes to revival and as a voice for revival I feel it must be addressed and the solution given because there is coming a God takeover in this nation but we must deal with the inferior of the exterior to dig to the substance of the authentic. I'm going to say that again. We must deal with the inferior of the exterior to dig to the substance of the authentic. And just so everyone will understand that may not know, there is around here at Fresh Start for six plus constant years a continual challenge to reach higher and to dig deeper. We don't let anyone off the hook we don't let you ride by easy we will preach hard to you we will preach you up and not down and out are you hearing me we will help you dig wells of revival for six full years we have done whatever we know to do to not lower the bar because there's a constant pulling and pressing it never lets up yes it's dynamic but it is very demanding come on fresh start revival the value of a word and that word is so we got to answer questions what is it what is it not not good English but y'all know what I'm saying 
What can revival do if it's truly revival? And the opposite, what will it do if it's not revival? Where does my allegiance lie? Is my allegiance lie with him in the fullness of revival? Or it's just, is it just in a theory of revival? Come on, somebody. Am I willing to risk everything to get it? Or do I just want to, here's, here's, here's a phrase today, identify as revival. Yet be something or anything else. Come on. I preach this twofold tonight. To sound the alarm abroad, but also to us Fresh Start Church. That we never digress to anything inferior. May we never lower the bar. May we never move the boundary stone. We are going into year number seven. And there has been given to this house. A measure of influence in this nation has come to this revival. And we must steward that influence very well. We cannot make the mistake that so many make when influence comes can I preach now that what began in purity if it is not protected can be compromised for the sake of continual influence even at the cost of revival itself the worst thing that can be said of fresh start revival is that they went out before not realizing that revival had departed are you hearing the word of the Lord tonight are you hearing the word of the Lord tonight sustained revival requires a sustained stretch and I heard it like this and I know nothing about baseball and I don't want to know anything about baseball but I do know, do know this that there is a seventh inning stretch I think it needs to happen in like the third or fourth one myself but there is a seventh inning stretch and I say to us fresh start that this is the seventh year stretch and God is preparing our spiritual legs for the coming innings of revival it will be dynamic but it will be very demanding come on somebody because revival always has something to reach for and as my husband preached this morning it is time to extend our faith and to posture ourselves to be stretched what can we put our faith on because it can happen if we're willing to stretch in this seventh year come on all that said revival has become quite the trendy word yes can I preach and because of this, an overuse and sometimes a misuse. Human inclination is to overuse words because they are trendy and popular. Help me, help me, help me. This, my friends, reduces the integrity, the intensity, and the purity of the word and creates a disrespect and a disregard for the authentic. It muddies, am I preaching a what up here? It muddies the water, and in our case, that water is revival, the value of a word. This, what I just said, to someone or to someones who have fought and dug and sacrificed and plowed for six years can be very frustrating and can be very irritating and can be very agitating so I feel in my spirit that we must have a fight in the spirit realm to keep the purity of the word alive come on if you think about it this would be a strategy of the devil himself if he can't get you from without he will come from within using our own lingo yet without esteem behind it he forces us to dilute through the misuse giving misleading or deceptive advertisement to dilute something my friends is to make it thinner and to lessen the strength to adulterate to reduce the value or efficiency to make it famous 
fainter or to water down and actually to dilute something in the spirit is the deadliest strategy that the enemy has because what happens is it has tragic eternal results you're walking into eternity only to find out that he was misrepresented Can y'all say with me? The value of a word, and that word is. There is a psychological term called semantic satiation. Yep, I had to look that one up. It is said that it is a psychological phenomenon in which repetition causes a word or a phrase to temporarily lose meaning for the listener who then perceives it as meaningless sounds. The unfounded overuse results in something called reactive inhibition. Reactive inhibition. Hence, a reduction in the intensity with each repetition. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A reduction in the intensity with each repetition. I will say tonight that busting out of 2020's confinement, there have been many who either chose or who were forced to lay idle for most of the year, but now are wanting some level of a move of God in their life and in their churches. And to this I say, that's awesome and that's great. And here's what I say, after six years going into seven of sustained revival, you need to start crying out. You need to start digging wells. You need to you need to pray you need to cultivate the ground you need to pull the cart you need to put the yoke on oxen and you need to pull that thing forward you need to sacrifice you need to put yourself on the sacrifice on the altar of sacrifice when you do these things repetitively revival will come I said revival will come the timing is up to God but revival will come But I ask us tonight, during the idleness of 2020, was there any well digging? If not, my friends, then we're just taking old platforms and we're putting a new label on it. And that label this year happens to be revival. I'm just going to say it because it needs to be said. Come on. And this, my friends, creates a reduction in the intensity. It recreates reactive inhibition. Oh, because what I just read to you at the beginning of this message, are you with me, is something where the bar has been set and the boundary stone has been set. And the Lord said, get up there and address the Fresh Start Church. We must never lower the bar. God must walk in and take over or it's not revival. You don't accidentally walk into revival. It's an intentional pursuit. It's a sacrifice. We've been so conditioned in the body of Christ in the last decade to follow a trend that we've forgotten how to birth things. Before you can raise revival, my friends, you have to birth revival. Conception and birthing is found in intimate places, not platforms and height and trending. I'll try it again. Conception and birthing is found in intimate places, not on platforms and hype and trending. Make sure what you call revival isn't a clone, but it comes from conception and covenant. Oh. We even say things like revival is now. I'm just going to go there. Come on. Come 
And you hear me now, I believe revival is now. I believe that we have access to it at any moment. I, I wrote a book, Doorkeepers of Revival. Walk through the door to more. Walk into the more of God. I believe revival is now. But that does not negate the fact that if all if we stay in our now and just slap a label on it or a trendy word that we say is revival, that, my friends, is not revival. If revival truly comes, it's going to wipe your now out. And it won't look anything like your now revival will bulldoze your program your programs and your strategies because when God comes he takes over Revival can't fit on old platforms. It's got to be birthed. There's been a subtle diversion and turning away from spiritual birthing in the church over the last couple of decades. We haven't had to birth anything because we've got somebody else's method that has resulted in cookie-cutter churches and cookie-cutter Christians and cookie-cutter music that Jessica talked about on Saturday night. Spiritual birthing is a spiritual principle known as the bringing of life to a, a bringing to life of a purpose. And in our context of this message, our purpose is the bringing of life to a to life of revival. And you'll know when the thing is birthed. Come on. You'll know when revival takes on flesh and lives. How do I know, Pastor Kim, when I've birthed revival? Pay close attention to what I'm saying and you got to know your Bible. How do I know when I've birthed revival? Buddy, you cut that baby in half and the real mother is willing to sacrifice anything to let it live you got to know your bible to know what i just said right there how do i know when i birth revival how do i know when that baby is really out because my friends you try to cut that baby in half you try to share that thing with anything else and the real mother stands up and says no 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 i will not allow it let it live i will sacrifice to let that baby live that's how you know if you birthed it we try to tack revival onto all of our other agendas. It's not going to work, my friends. Did y'all get that? Birthing comes in painful moments of utter desperation. Timing of that revealing of that, of that baby is dictated by body condition and body prep. Hear me now. A woman's body has to enter a certain phase before birthing happens. Are you with me? I'm talking analogy of the body of Christ here. We have to enter a certain phase individually and corporately in order for revival to be birthed. The body must be ready to birth what they're crying out for. Church, hear what I'm saying. I'm going to say it again. The body must be ready to birth what they're crying out for. But they've stopped birthing. they become so used to a model and a trend and a, and a, and a personality that they don't know how to to birth as long as I have a voice as long as I have breath I will stand and tell you that revival doesn't come easy my friend it is a gut-wrenching in the spirit of pushing pushing pulling pushing pulling until that baby lives and then you say whatever it takes to keep it alive this is what I'm gonna do 
We must have a detox of platforms and personality in the body of Christ. We must wean ourselves from a celebrity mindset in the body of Christ. I'm going to say it again. We must detox from personalities in the body of Christ. God cannot take the field. He cannot come until church. We detox from platforms and personalities. Until you wean yourself off of that YouTube personality. Until you wean yourself. It's a time to wean ourselves from things that we have become dependent on. God takes the field. God comes. God takes over. But he can't do that. That's revival. He can't do that because we are too busy posting our pictures, posting our names, doing our platforms, all of our personalities. I'm just going to keep saying it. I mean, I'm going to risk it all. Year seven is a year to risk it all. I ain't got nothing to lose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Church in America, it is time to detox from personalities. It is time to detox from platforms. It is time to let God take the field. Maybe let's all of us go put our head in a crate and just see what God can do. Revival is holy. It's sovereign. There's a partnership we have in preparation. I say, don't skip the preparation. And don't just label your platform revival. Come on, somebody. 2 Kings 19.3. This is the day of extreme danger and distress. For children have come to the birth. And there is no strength to bring them forth. Our strength to birth revival, my friends, is found in the conception of revival. I'm saying a lot here, and you can go back and listen to it. It's found in the conception. You see, and that's why many cannot last in revival is because they didn't conceive it and birth it. They just put a label on it. And when all you have is a label, you don't own anything. You're just wearing the t-shirt, my friend, but there's no substance. There's no substance. Yes. The special intimacy that we have with Jesus brings an inward strength to our how, how have we kept going for six years around here? Because there was this whole entire thing started in 2013, pretty much, with an entire year of, now it's obviously still happening, but an entire year of spiritual intimacy with the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Crying out in utter desperation, God, we have got to have you. 
And it's this intimacy that brings an inward strength to our spiritual muscles, if you will, allowing us to press and to push until the manifestation of revival is real and it is evident. I'm talking about tonight the value of a word, and that word is revival. Always remember that what you feed is what will grow. Help me somebody. When folks ask us, my husband and I, about seeing revival in their local church, I'm talking about church folk, ask us, not leadership. Our first response to them is something like this. What is your pastor preaching? Come on. Because what you feed is is what's going to grow. I'll say it again. What you feed is what's going to grow. There is no such thing, my friends, as a disposable revival. Come on. Capable of being thrown away after a single use or being used up. And let me just address this now. Let me address this because year seven, God is stepping center stage. And we're going to keep going like we're going now. But just be ready, Fresh Start Revivalists. Just be ready for whatever God has. Are you ready for whatever God has? When God takes center stage, it's all God and what God wants. But you hear, hear what I'm about to say. Disposable revival. In other words, capable of being thrown away after a single use or being used up. Revival nights, revival weekends, come on. Those are fine and that may be a part of it and we'll keep doing that till God says don't do it anymore. But it must become personal. It must become 24-7. Not just a weekend. Not about a personality. Not about this. It is about a personal, intimate relationship and a fiery burning passion for Jesus Christ. 24-7. Come on. Let me move on. I just got to say some things. Can I just say something? Revival always grows, and so so must we. Revival is never scripted. It's not something that we write uh, to our, uh, among our other activities. Revival is a total takeover. I'm talking about the value of a word. So the revelation of the depth of the meaning will determine the depth of your sacrifice. My goodness. What you value, you will steward. What you value, you will cultivate. You cannot halt between two opinions. Many want revival, but they want to share it with other things. That, my friends, is not revival. So stop calling it revival. The Lord spoke to me as I was preparing to minister in, in Los Angeles a few weeks ago, not at Apostles Church, but in, in uh, uh, Orange County a couple of weekends ago. And he said something that I said earlier. Kim, are you willing to give your reputation for mine? Are you willing to give your reputation for mine? Are you willing to risk it all? Now listen to me. While our natural answer is yes, Lord. I mean, that's what we would say, right? Yes, Lord. We got to stop and think of the depth of the meaning of that question. I'm talking to all of us in this room, all of those watching and will be watching. Giving our reputation means allowing all of my human crutches and my backups to be eliminated with total reliance on his reputation. Am I making sense in this room right now? Giving up all of my crutches, giving up all of my backup, everything eliminated with total reliance that God can walk in and if God walks in everything changes and his supernatural realm manifests now no matter how quickly you say yes to that phrase that you're willing to give up your reputation it's easier said than done especially in the culture and the atmosphere of the American church right now because we condition ourselves to always have an add-on and a backup or a go-to but the Lord is saying in this hour America that God wants full-on revival He wants full control and he wants a center stage. Somebody shout yes. I 
requote Arthur Wallace, it is such a manifest working of God, revival is, that human personalities are overshadowed and human programs abandoned. It is man retiring to the background because God has taken the field. Please look at two neighbors beside you and say, we need God to take the field in year number seven. Come on, Fresh Start. It's getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to happen. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn this thing. Watch this. Let me just say this. I, I said the phrase, if it's only about you identifying with revival, when it only becomes about identifying with revival, are y'all with me on that phrase? I mean, that's a buzz thing right now, right? I identify as this, I identify as that, but I'm really not that. When it only comes about identifying with revival, then we will sacrifice great levels of understanding about what it takes to preserve and to persevere. Thus, we digress to the lowest common denominator and we call it revival. We search and we say, what is the one thing that I can pull out of revival to make me look like revival, but not actually carry revival and pay the price for revival? I'm preaching. I'm going to preach with or without an amen. This needs to be said and not only in the nation but it needs to be said in this house six years ago we hung a plumb line a literal plumb line in our offices it is still there today we hung a plumb line the Lord says hang a plumb line and say that you have a revival resolve it is still in our offices right now a plumb line hanging from the ceiling can I remind us tonight fresh start that a plumb line doesn't change it doesn't move six years ago we planted our feet and we said we have a revival resolve we birthed it to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to keep the fire burning on the altar I'm talking tonight about the value of a word and that word is revival now I'll do my first closing with this are you ready I mean, I believe possibly it could be revivals of old may have decreased or died prematurely because no one was willing to risk their reputation for his reputation. And because there were no fierce protectors of his presence and his power. Watch how I work this. The wild ox. Oh yeah, that's what I said the wild ox. Hang on. Job 39, will the wild ox be willing to serve you? Can you bind the wild ox? Will he plow the valleys behind you? Numbers 23, God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. Watch this. Deuteronomy 33, his horns like the horns of the wild ox. Together with them, he shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. Psalm twenty two twenty one, save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. Psalm ninety two ten, but my horn you have exalted like a. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Are you ready for this fresh start? The Bible seems to distinguish between the ox and the wild ox. Are you ready? I have taught you. Many of you, who's wearing an ox shirt tonight? Please stand. Well, the oxen showed up tonight. Come on. There you go. I 
I have taught you before on the ox anointing and the strength needed to pull revival forward. Would you please watch what the Holy Spirit showed me some time ago about the difference between the ox and the wild ox. Both creatures are of great strength, but the wild ox was known for its fierceness to defend and to protect. It was swift, fierce animal with exceptionally long, straight horns. The wild ox was a fierce protector and defender. Can I say to us tonight, hallelujah, that if you're going to sustain revival, which we are, but I'm teaching this for everybody else as well, we must, must, must become a fierce protector of revival. This is why I'm preaching like I'm preaching, why Jessica preached like she preached the other night. We are fierce defenders of revival and protectors of his presence. Perhaps this loss of an Elijah anointing and the aggression that is needed has been part of the reason that we've not been able to sustain revival in the nation or the nations. People are not being taught anymore how to contend. You know, I just, I just, I just, what's the word? I just, oh, oh what's the word? I just, um, uh, I, I just uh, kind of go along with people when they come in and they come into this atmosphere and it's kind of like. I'm not making fun of them. I would probably do it as well. I just kind of go along with them. But here's my, here's my beef, not with them, but with the spirits of darkness that have caused the American pulpits to placate to palatable messages, preachers that give little soothing talks while people's demons are still reeling on the inside of them. We cannot have a revival. Come on. Because the pulpits are 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 are, are, are keeping it people back. It is, it is it is it is exhausting sometimes. I say this in in the kindest way, but it is exhausting sometimes, especially as we've been able to travel more to go and see the lack of teaching on contending in the body of Christ. Hear what I'm saying? We must build in these last days a, an aggressive contending people that understands what it means to protect the presence and the power of God. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, uh, go deep into that. But it is baffling to me how people do not get it. It intimidates them. That's not my personality. I don't care what your personality is. We've got something that we have to protect and to defend. I need some wild ox in the seventh year of revival at Fresh Start that says, I will protect and defend revival, his presence and his power at all costs. Loving the presence of God and protecting it are two very different responsibilities. Loving the presence of God and protecting the presence of God are two very different responsibilities. We must do both, but they're very different. Wild ox. Wild ox. Fierce protector and defender. 
this ox would not allow encroachment. Hallelujah. This ox wouldn't, wild ox would not allow trespassing upon the property and the domain. <laughs> and the rights, especially stealthily or by gradual advances to interfere or to usurp. I am saying something right now. This wild ox would defend with its long horns, meaning, meaning, uh, what does it mean? It means uh, something about defending and fierceness and dominion and all this kind of stuff. This wild ox would not allow encroachment because we've got to know that the adversary, the devil, walks about seeking whom he may devour. A revivalist must be ready to challenge anything that will encroach on revival and his presence. Why, Pastor Kim, are y'all so wild around here? Does it really take all of that? Well, if you don't value revival, then no, it doesn't take all of that. But we are wild oxen who fiercely defend his presence and his power. We are not okay without his manifested presence. We're not okay if God doesn't show up. As a matter of fact, I'm preaching this message tonight because it's time for God to take center stage. It's time for us to wean ourselves of personalities and platforms. It's time for us how to detox from the personalities and the platforms. How that we become our crutches so God can walk up in this place and take control. The value of a word called revival. A fierce protector of his manifested presence. This is what a wild ox is. We're protectors of it. Anything that has compromised and diluted the anointing, the fire of the Holy Spirit, a casual approach will not prevail. I mean, you're going to get probably upset a little bit at some point if you just have a casual approach. Glory to God. Here I'm talking about. Because we are fierce protectors of his presence. Fierce. Now I get it. You know, if you don't understand, you don't know, you're new to the Lord, fine, we'll grow. You know, got to grow with us. That's totally fine. But if you just come up here and with the attitude, we're probably going to make you mad. Come on. So I say to Fresh Start Revival in this seventh year, go wild ox on them. Now I could say that in a preaching voice. I won't. Go wild ox. On them, who is them? Principalities and powers of darkness that cause us to compromise, that religious spirits that cause us, that cause us to, to, to negate our raw cry, our purity. We've got to protect against prostituting this atmosphere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Defending to ward off attack, to guard against assault. Fierce. Fierce means menacingly, that word, wild, savage, or hostile, violent in force or intensity, furiously untamed, passionate and eager, able to push enemies and subdue them. This is what the wild ox would do. Jessica and I had somebody, actually, when we were in, 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 in um, uh, L.A. Uh, here the other week, they sent us T-shirts, and it says reckless on the front of it. Reckless 
reckless apostle, and underneath of it says Los Angeles. Come on, somebody. Reckless. And it means utterly, get this, utterly unconcerned about the consequences of some action without caution. Now, I'm not talking about being just inordinately rude and disrespectful to human beings, but I'm telling you, we have lost this recklessness in the church because we have become more man-pleasers than we have God-pleasers. And God says to ask you, revivalists, are you willing to risk your reputation for the sake of his reputation? Are you willing to risk it all in year number seven? Are you willing to detox from personality and platform ah, and wean yourself from the pacifier and the bottle and the crutch and say, God, show up and take center stage? Ox, one to pull and one to protect. One to work and one to war. Hallelujah. There are some who believe, this is my second closing tonight, that it was wild ox skin that covered, everybody say covered, the tabernacle in the wilderness. Think about that. Some believe, even though the translation, I'll read it here in a moment. Some believe it was wild ox skin that covered, covered, covered. Watch how I work this, the tabernacle in the wilderness. A wild ox is a fierce protector of the presence of God. Some even believe, and this is not in your Bible, but, you know, some believe that there were, there could have been a pure, special species such as the wild ox created by God to have the skin to cover the ark. In other words, an animal that had not been created yet, it was pure, untainted, clean, without spot, innocent, and pure to cover, 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 protect, because a covering is a protector. All the preachers know where I'm going right now. A cover is a placing over something for protection. Exodus says that it was a covering of ram skins dyed red for the tent. Everybody say the tent. Please stay with me and watch how I work this. It was a covering due to translation discrepancies. Some believe, as I said, that this ram skin was actually a wild ox. If this is true, then the analogy here serves the purpose of sustained revival, protecting the presence and the power of God. Amos 9, 11. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. First Chronicles 16, 1. They brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. First Chronicles 17. Go tell David, my servant, I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought up Israel, even to this day, but they, I have gone from tent to tent. Are you staying with me? The tabernacle of David was a tent. If the narrative stays true to Moses' tabernacle, then David's tent was made of wild ox. Hey, Adamashua. Oh, y'all aren't getting what 
I'm saying. If the narrative stays true, then the same covering that was over the covering in Moses' tabernacle was over David's tabernacle. And Amos tells us, and the book of Acts tells us, that it is in the last days that it is the tent of David that God is going to restore. Ha, 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 in the last days, true revival will be able to be distinguished by those who are wild ox, who are fierce defenders of his presence. Not a platform, not a personality, but the presence of God. Shout if you're a wild ox in this place. On the day of Pentecost, our hearts became that tent. You didn't hear what I said. On the day of Pentecost, his presence came in. And our heart became that ox covering. The heart, Jessica alluded to this the other night at some point, is to be rent. Rend your heart and not your garment. It is at the rending of the heart that there is a cutting of a covenant and covenant always requires a cutting of flesh, a division between soul and spirit. I ask the question, how much soul is running revival and how much spirit is running revival? Did you hear what I just said? I'm telling you, year seven is going to take on an entirely different face at Fresh Start Church. I'm gonna tell you the difference will be seen in the manifestation of who gets the glory. Come on, somebody. Seduction will be the end time deceptive strategy. Toleration of Jezebel. Not only sexual, but seduction. <sighs> Drawing in. Not towards evil per se, but towards fleshly enticement. Crowds and platforms, my friends, as my husband says, are seductive. Fame and notoriety or seeing your own success is intoxicating. I'm saying a thing right here. The Lord has showed me things. In the last several months. And and I was just waiting for the right time to release this. We must be careful in the body of Christ that when the glory starts moving and God comes in that all of a sudden our own influence and our own success begins to make us intoxicated seduction my friends leads to intoxication with the wrong substance I'm telling you we are to rend our hearts our heart is deceitful the Bible says and the only thing the only thing that can go near the presence is clean hands and a pure heart to cover the presence of God. A pure species to cover his presence. The wild ox covering was the closest thing to the presence of God. Day and night. I said day and night. Those of you out there 
who see how loud and aggressive fresh start is. Lest you think that a wild ox does not know intimacy, my friend. It is the closest thing to the ark of his presence. And when you're that close, you'll be able to spot inferior. Lucifer, Jess goes reading out of Ezekiel the other night. I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot. Lucifer was known, watch, as the covering cherub. She was just reading that scripture. I'm like, he was known as the covering cherub. He covered the presence and he shielded the glory. But hear the word of the Lord. Now he exploits it by semantic satiation. Causing reactive inhibition. Oh, revival? No, I don't need that. Dilution of the value of a word. Third closing. Are you ready? The value of a word. Habakkuk 3, verses 2 and 3. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, Lord, make yourself known. Yourself known. In wrath, remember love and pity and mercy. And then God came. And the rest of the scripture shows what happened when God came. Isaiah 63, Lord, look down from your heaven and see from your dwelling place, your holiness, your glory. Where are your zeal and your jealousy and your mighty acts, which you formerly did for your people? Isaiah 64, God if you would tear open the heavenly realm and come down. How the mountains would tremble in your awesome presence in the same way that fire sets kindling to blaze and causes water to boil. Let the fire of your presence come down. Reveal to your enemies your mighty name and cause the nations to tremble. When you did amazing wonders, which we did not expect, you came down. And the mountains shuddered at your presence. These amazing things had never been heard of before. You did things never dreamed of. My husband spent his time preaching this morning, talking about things, come on, Fresh Start Revival, that we never dreamed or heard of. Come on. I mean, read it. We heard it talked about maybe. But I'm telling you, God is getting ready to release the slices of the revival pie if we can just pull. Come on. On his presence and ask him to come down when God comes down. Arthur Wallace, I close fourth time with this. Revival, he says, is more than big meetings, spiritual excitement. Please hear this quote. It's more than a quickening of the saints. It's even more than being filled with the Holy Ghost. Get this, all of you hyper Evangelist people, which I love you, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. It is more than an ingathering of souls. That needs to be said, and it needs to be said in this house. Trust me, I know by the Spirit. 
One may have any of these without revival. Yet revival includes all of them, end quote. And then I'll re-quote re his one I, I read earlier. Revival, he says, is the divine intervention. In other words, revival contains all of those things that I just read to you. Special meetings like we're having this weekend. Souls being saved. Witchcraft being broken. It contains all of that. But listen, listen, listen. Got the value of the word. Revival is a divine interruption in the normal course of things. It is God revealing himself to man in awful holiness and irresistible power. Manifest working of God that human personalities are overshadowed and human programs abandoned. It is a man retiring to the back, background because God has taken the field. It is the Lord making bare his holy arm and working in extraordinary power on saint and center. Center that may result in big meetings, spiritual excitement, Excitement, quickening in you, being filled with the Holy Ghost, and even a mass ingathering of souls. But I'm telling you, my friend, the first thing that we know when revival comes is that God takes center stage. And for that to happen, we must be fierce protectors of his presence. I need some wild ox to stand up on your feet right now and lift up your voices. Begin to cry out. I'm going to call you to the altar in just a moment. But right now, I want you to lift up your voices and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, the Lord is going to say a couple of more things. Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. I say to us, Fresh Start Church, may we contend in year seven that this revival is not defined by a personality, but a person called Jesus Christ, not a platform, but may it be defined by a progressive increasing of the glory of God. Lift up your hands, throw open your mouth, and ask God to come. Come on, ask God to come. Ask God to come. Oh, God, take center stage. Take center stage. Get ready for a start. We're going to chase after him for just a few moments before we leave this place. Those of you watching online, you better get up off your couch and out of your lazy boy right now. My God, if I haven't preached you under conviction, I don't know what else I can say. You need to make yourself an altar and cry out for authentic revival to break in to your church and your territory. Come on, fresh start. Run to the front right now. Throw up your hands. Open up your mouth. Oh, God. Come. 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 Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.